0: Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast, brought to you by Advisorpedia. In this series, we interview innovators from across the financial services
1: industry to help you understand who they are, what they do, and why that matters to you and your clients. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we welcome Anna Nawaz, investment analyst in the office of the chief investment officer, at CrowdStreet. She's here to talk through the ever-changing world of commercial real estate, exploring the current market environment, and the opportunities that lie ahead. Welcome, Amna.
0: Hi, Doug. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here.
1: It's great to have you. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to CrowdStreet?
0: Yeah, sure. So my name is Amna, and I'm an investment analyst for CrowdStreet Advisors. Um, at my current role, I mainly focus on market research and analysis, content writing, and thought leadership within the commercial real estate industry. Currently, I'm working in the office of our Chief Investment Officer, Ian from Megley, who's made previous appearances on your podcast, I believe. Um, and yeah, just uh, truly blessed to be working here. It's a pretty cool job and some great people that I um, get to work with and I'm always exposed to a lot of knowledge about CRE, so excited to share some of that with you guys today.
1: Your team recently released the CrowdStreet Commercial Real Estate Outlook and Opportunities Mid-Year Report. And in that report, you phrase the current market environment as a period of mispriced opportunities. Can you explain what you mean by that and also give a couple of examples of the opportunities that exist?
0: Sure. So when we say that it's a period of mispriced opportunities, We're referring to the economic principle of inefficient versus efficient markets. Now, some of your listeners may already know these concepts, but I'd like to touch on them briefly because I think it'll help set up the stage to explain where we sit in the current market cycle. Um, When a market is inefficient, it means that assets are transacting at prices that are higher or lower than their intrinsic value. And it can be due to a couple of reasons. So I'm just going to touch on two main reasons that I think are more relatable to the CRA market. Markets are inefficient when, number one, all market information is not readily available to its market participants. And the second reason it can be is when participants have some information, but they're interpreting it differently. So it's the opposite of, for example, uh, the stock market, right? So the stock market is an efficient market because assets are priced actively based on all available information. Now, I just want to be clear that efficient doesn't mean good and inefficient doesn't mean bad. It just means how efficiently assets can be priced based on what they're worth versus how inefficiently they're priced. So CRE is generally considered to be an inefficient market because information isn't always publicly available. And, you know, there's bid-ask spreads and buyers and sellers go back and forth on deciding these prices. The idea right now is that within the current market environment of historically high interest rates, I believe it was highest in the last 22 years if you account for the latest hike, this inefficiency that's characteristic of the market has increased, so to speak. And the reason we're compelled to say that assets are mispriced lower than their intrinsic value of CRE is because market fundamentals for CRE are still intact, especially when you look at the data. So We believe that price discounts aren't because CRE is underperforming at the street level. It's simply because rates are high and the way the market is adjusting is by pricing these assets below their value in many cases. So on the fundamental side, um, I did some research and according to CoStar, a leading data source for CRE, occupancy for these major asset classes is in the upper 90s range right now on average at the national level which is pretty good. And then rent growth forecast is a little more varied. Um, It's still positive for the next few years for major asset classes, except for office, of course, which still has some more reckoning left to do. It's actually the only asset with negative rent growth forecasted until 2026. So definitely some more um, distress on the street level, I'd say. So the discounted prices are not because asset fundamentals are suffering, which was the case during GFC for some of the assets, right? So to go back to your question, what's the opportunity here? Uh, We think it's to seek out these mispriced deals and to buy them at discounted pricing. Now take multifamily, for example. According to Green Street's pricing data, prices have come down by roughly 21% since they peaked in May of 2022. And with that, cap rates have expanded for this sector. To put that into perspective, The last time we were in an environment where multifamily cap rates had expanded to this level was back in 2014. So it's been a while that we've seen cap rates at that level and have been able to target the kind of yield that they were targeting right now. But all of this doesn't mean just scouring for any and all deals that are available at a discount. What really matters is if you can find a deal that has A good overall basis, meaning total project cost that's reasonably discounted from its peak value. And on top of that, if you can get assumable debt on the deal, and that means you take over the debt that's already in place when you buy the deal, um, and with rates that were locked in significantly lower than today's rates, then it kind of starts to feel like a unique period. um, And that's what we mean by mispriced opportunities.
1: That's interesting. Also, in your report, you dive deeper into the outlook and opportunities by major asset classes and also niche asset classes. Can you touch on a few key highlights and themes in your report based on those asset classes?
0: Absolutely. So, we released our report a few weeks ago. This report has four major parts our introductory statement on mispriced opportunities, then, there's a section on outlook and opportunities for major asset classes. We touch on hospitality office, retail, industrial, and multifamily. And then we go into niche classes, student housing, life sciences, and self-storage. And we touch on outlook and opportunities for each of these. And then the fourth part is um, Ian, our CIO's uh, closing statement on the state of the market and his outlook. Now there's a lot in that report and I'm just gonna give you a bird's eye view on three major themes that are a bit um, overarching, I suppose. The first theme is declining overall prices. According to Green Street's commercial property price index, CRE prices are down by about 16% from their peak, which was in March of 2022. And if you remember, that was roughly around the same time when the Fed had first raised interest rates up. Fast forward to 2023, prices are down by roughly 3% on a year-to-date basis. So that descent, if you just uh, you know, compare these two percentages, you can immediately see that the descent has slowed down. But when we actually zoom in a bit, we can see that not all sectors are declining. The industrial sector actually went up by 8% this year. And on the other hand, um, I suppose the other end of the seesaw, office prices are actually down by 20% this year alone, and 31% since March of 2022. As for multifamily, hospitality, and retail, the descent in prices has stabilized to some extent. So we're not seeing these big jumps up or down anymore for these sectors like we are for industrial and office. So there's some level of price stability that's starting to appear on the national level. So the second theme we touch on is the supply side risk. For multifamily, we're still undersupplied on the national level. So it's not concerning in all markets, but... There's definitely a risk that some markets like Austin, Nashville, Raleigh comes to mind. Um, Some of these markets are at risk of overshooting in the short term. But according to CBRE's latest report, there's short term risk. But the expectation is that units will get absorbed in the long run. And on top of that, actually, an additional 2.3 million new units will be needed in the next decade. To keep a balance of supply and demand uh, that's healthy for multifamily. One more thing to note is that according to the latest data on CoStar, new construction starts are already slowing down for both industrial and multifamily sectors. We think that high interest rates are increasingly making it challenging to find uh, construction financing for projects, and so we expect this um, new construction trend to slow down over the next year for these two sectors. And it could definitely change our outlook for new supply. And the last theme I want to touch on is that of uh, recovering sectors that were obliterated during the pandemic. Honorary mention for hospitality that I feel is one to watch out for because prices are up uh, on the rise about 2% this year already. Um, They're actually back at their pre-pandemic level. So they're Uh, wasn't much movement up or down when you look at the actual data, because transaction activity was at a standstill. So there wasn't much price discovery for hospitality um, after the pandemic, but it's making a comeback. There's some movement on the transaction side. Um, Leisure travel recovery has been consistent since 2022. And that 2022 summer was called the summer of all summers, because it was one of the busiest travel seasons ever. And so, uh, because um, at the heels of that, uh, that strong season, revenue per available room for hospitality had recovered on a nominal basis in 2022. But when you actually account for inflation, um, according to Smith Travel Research, which is a leading data source for hospitality, this full recovery is slated for 2025. So we're keeping an eye on hospitality recovery. Uh, We're monitoring the consumer savings rate, which is pretty low right now as compared to how high it was during the, um, I suppose, immediately after the pandemic. We were above 30 percent, now down to 4 percent. And so we believe that that's probably going to slow down leisure travel a bit. Last but not the least, we're also keeping an eye on business travel recovery as that's still lagging a bit as compared to leisure Um, But yeah, so definitely great strides in terms of overall recovery in the hospitality sector, um, seeing as it was really badly hurt during the pandemic.
1: Have you changed how you look at or prioritize different geographic areas as a result of the current economic environment?
0: So the short answer is yes. Um, Our outlook is cautious. Right now, it's more about finding the right deal over preferring an entire market, I'd say it's a bit of a back-to-basics approach rather than trying to find these uh, unique nodes. So, for instance, we still like primary markets like Boston and New York, especially now that we're seeing some repricing. If it's possible to find a deal at a good basis here, um, it can provide some safety during the current turbulence um, due to the fact that primary markets tend to have a level of inherent economic stability. There's also a preference for markets that rank higher in relative affordability. Um, Think of uh, Texas markets like Houston and San Antonio, although we are still cautious because uh, rent growth prospects in some of these markets, markets like Austin, Atlanta, and Nashville are slightly tepid. You have to remember that these markets had experienced really impressive rent growth and asset appreciation in 2021. Um, And... So that's why right now they're showing an outlook of tempered rent growth. So naturally that tweaks our outlook for these areas a little bit. Mainly though, the future growth potential still remains attractive in these markets, uh, in the secondary markets relatively, but in the short term, uh, what we're paying attention to is strong NOI projections. If you can achieve that, then these markets are still attractive. Our outlook is favorable for coastal markets as well. So think of San Diego, Fort Lauderdale and Tampa. Overall, though, I'd say when looking at outlook for CRE by geography, I think it's prudent to keep a check on short-term concerns related to high inflation, the fact that rent growth is tepid, keeping an eye on the supply side risks and high cost of capital. And if you keep that in mind, it makes sense to seek out areas that are still showing stable or I'd say upward rent growth relative to um, its absorption as well. So strong absorption numbers, strong job market, and strong median household income projections. And there are certainly markets out there that you can still find with that criteria.
1: There's some gloom and doom reporting out there. What are you most optimistic about as you
0: look into the future? That's a great question. So, I'd say what people should definitely keep in mind is that the commercial real estate market is cyclical, right? So, things cannot always stay up. And I'll use the cliche what goes up must come down. So, during the 2021 scenario, things had gone so high up that they needed to come back down to adjust to a normal, sustainable growth. Now, it's definitely been a painful journey down because of how fast interest rates have increased. But the good news is that data is showing that inflation is coming down, which is really the main thing that the Fed is trying to solve for. So I don't know who originally said this, but my mentor and boss, Ian, always says things are rarely as good or as bad as they seem. And I truly believe that. The silver lining right now is that there are still viable deals out there. It all goes back to pricing. No one knows when the tides will turn, but you have to keep in mind that price discounts Tend to favor the buyer. Like I mentioned earlier, if you can get in at a good basis on a deal where there's assumable debt with appropriate risk management, that doesn't really sound like a doom and gloom scenario to me, but what it sounds like is a readjustment of strategy and expectations about the market and a lot more room for creativity when finding deals that make sense in today's environment.
1: Amna, that was really interesting. Great job. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Pleasure is all mine. Thanks for having me.
1: To learn more about CrowdStreet, please visit CrowdStreet.com. Please follow us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everyone at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, our engineer, Tori Miller,
0: and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikman.